Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. You know, believe it or not, like I never really thought out that intro. I just, it just kind of came up with that over time. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, some thought went into it. And I remember the first time that we did this, golly, I don't know, probably it was back in my other studio. It was in October after we played golf at Pleasant Valley, Pleasant Hill. Uh, Paradise Valley, yep. And uh, you just spouted it off, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, he definitely knows his intro. I just record it once and just uh, add it in later. (laughs) That's what I do now, but because we're here... Oh, you're just doing it live. Like, we need a studio audience in here. Yeah, well, you know, that comes next. I am here today with my brother, Ike Wingate. I'm sure you probably just listened to the Dream Podcast. And we're going to be talking about an interesting controversy topic. Um, Ike actually has a pretty large following on TikTok, and he's been able to generate a lot of videos and a lot of, um, I guess what you could say is essentially he's transitioned over to do a lot more live And from live, he's had a really interesting interaction with TikTok, and and I'll let him talk a little bit more about that. Okay, well, you just interrupt me when I need to say something different. But essentially, back in February, because of you, Zach, um, you basically came, or we were talking about content ideas because I was launching a new podcast that was more, you know, political and um, news-focused, but also just exposing lies that are you know, in our government and our culture and our media. And you said, you know, you should do some stuff on TikTok. And we started talking about, you know, views and how you'd gotten thousands of views on some videos and kind of piqued my interest. But at first I was like, yeah, I mean, that's a bunch of kids, you know, shaking their booty to whatever song is out. And boy, was I wrong. Typical Gen Xer over well, I'm, here. I'm, I'm technically. Are you millennial? I'm technically a millennial. You're a fringe. Yep. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, because you, I mean, you hear all the things about TikTok and you're like, I don't know about that. Like, that's like for Chinese spying and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I think TikTok in itself has really changed. I mean, when people want to absorb information, it goes back to the basics of storytelling because you can see somebody, you can hear it, you can go through all of the experiences. It's like other social media apparatuses, you're reading posts, you're not really getting that visual kind of um hit and you know tiktok's really designed to create a lot a lot of dopamine hits whenever you're 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 looking for content when you're swiping through that you kind of react to and the algorithm gets molded to what you want to see yeah i mean i i i agree with what you're saying but there's some very specific differences because you know uh instagram is very is all visual but instagram cannot deliver the amount of viewers to the average person like TikTok can. Mm-hmm. TikTok has a unique way to match content to specific viewers that they engage with, whether they like it or it makes them mad. Either way, they have a way of matching specific content type to the viewer themselves. Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously the interface is very you know easily... Uh, navigated to be able to scroll and scroll and scroll. And you've always got videos all the time. And Mm -hmm. so 
Uh, they've made it really user friendly, but that algorithm matching, I think, is really the secret sauce. Yeah. Because, you know, you can put the same video. I put the same video on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Truth, Rumble, Clapper, you know, all these platforms. Yeah, that's another platform out there. And on TikTok, and, you know, nine times out of 10, I always get way more views on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, there's a lot more users, maybe. Maybe, but it's you, you look at the proximity of the time that you post it and then the amount of viewers that you get. Every once in a while, YouTube and then even a little more often, Instagram will outperform TikTok on a video that might be, you know, fringe from the standpoint of what TikTok deems as, you know, acceptable content. And by that, I mean something, you know, a piece of content that dispels some kind of narrative that's mm-hmm. out there and it goes against maybe, you know, if it's anything about COVID or anything like that, they like, they'll, they'll, uh, essentially throttle you down or shadow ban you essentially on a lot of that stuff on TikTok. Yeah. And you know, whenever you talk about TikTok, I mean, your views have gotten thousands and hundreds of thousands of views, you know, you've interacted with a large audience. Yeah. So when I first started, you know, I was just posting, you, you have to get a thousand followers on TikTok before you can go live. And the whole the whole live ecosphere is uh, um, you know fascinating, um, and we can get into that in a moment. But you have to start with you know on demand content, produced content, or recorded content, right? Not live stuff. And then once you get up to a thousand followers, then it unlocks the ability to go live. And when you go live, I mean you can come in contact with a lot more people. But I posted I don't know I don't know I don't know five six seven eight videos I think less than ten. And I had one on DeMar Hamlin, the football player for the Bills that collapsed in front of everybody, mm-hmm. you know, live on TV. And then at the Super Bowl, he was interviewed and he would not answer certain questions. Mm-hmm. And so I posted a video, basically, why won't he answer the question? Who is who is silencing him? You know, a little, you know, uh, salacious, if you will, or, you know, pushing the envelope of, you know, implying that there's someone pulling the strings and there's some other you know, thing going on rather than what meets the eye. And then it ended up getting, well, let's see, one video got, um, it, it ended up getting like 30,000. Then the next one I did on it got 100,000. And it, it, it ended up getting, I did two videos. One got 250,000 views and one's at about 450,000 mm. views right now. Which is insane because you that was like your fifth video. Yeah, I mean, it was less than 10. I don't remember exactly how many it is, but it was crazy how it took off. It you know, hit the right, it, you know, it, it had enough of uh, allure of, is there something else going on here? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I also timed it right on accident, basically through no uh, skill of my own. And that is that there were a lot of people that said he was a clone mm. and that was going on basically saying he's not yeah. the real guy. Look at his ears. They're different. Look at, there's a tattoo that wasn't there and just all these things that people went into. Mm. And we sort of made it our mission to, just investigate and look at and research every single thing that people were saying that was, you know, had any credibility potentially. And we would either prove that or dispel it. And so it was, you know, he's a clone. Look at the the tattoo. Well, we showed that he got a new tattoo uh, during the Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, this ambulance is super old that picked him up. Why would that be the case? You know, and we showed that. Yeah, no, you looked at the. You pulled up the actual. Yeah, we found uh, the, that actual ambulance. Yeah, you found yeah. the license. Yeah, we found the license and the registration and showed no. 
this was not a super, it was like a 2016 ambulance. It wasn't super old. It, you know, was going to the Cincinnati Medical Center. We showed that we found that video and showed that. And it didn't really matter what we did because there were plenty of people who were like, thank you, because I'm tired of people saying this. But then there's still people today that I get comments that are like, yeah, but what about this? And what mm-hmm. about that? And it's like, we've already disproved that. Well, it's like the clone narrative is like this conspiracy theory that's like really strong right now because of everything happened with Jamie Foxx. The new thing is that Jamie Foxx is a clone. Yeah. And they're looking at, they're doing the same thing once again because the idea is like these famous people are part of this Illuminati type kind of organization and they have to sell their soul in order to do it. And then Ice Cube was actually generating it saying he doesn't know what happened to Jamie Foxx? Yeah, like he was indicating that. that he sold his, sold like the the gatekeepers. I don't know if there's a name for it. Okay. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, it's just, it's interesting how the clone thing is still being applied. Because after Damar Hamilton, we look at Jamie Foxx, we look at like all these different situations, and it's like that narrative, I mean, not to get off topic, but that narrative is an interesting one. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of content creation is, is you know, keying in on you know some the pulse of of what people are saying whether it's completely preposterous or not Mm -hmm. and trying to either you know fuel you know some of those questions or dispel them and that's part of it and i mean with that particular situation i believe what it really came down to is you know demar hamlin's going to write a book because he told we saw what happened before we saw what happened after, but we never really heard what happened in the middle with the doctors and things like that. He's like, that's just something I'm not going to talk about right now. And of course, that fueled speculation where, you know, what's really going on? And everyone's like, leave him alone. He just collapsed. And it's like, well, he went on an interview and specifically knew what questions they were going to ask him ahead of time. He decided not to answer it, but he didn't say no comment or, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I don't want to go there. He thought about it for about 22 seconds or something of silence and the network kept it in and Michael Strahan acted like he never even did that. He just went on. Mm -hmm. So it was just an odd exchange. I think it, you know, I think he was going to write a book, but it's, I think the other issue that's involved in that particular issue and we can move on is, you know, the vaccine. And I think there are people that are saying, you know, you can't be coming out starting to talk negatively about the vaccine because that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I think if the if that wasn't in the mix, I think we'd have a lot less mystery and maybe a little more transparency in, in the communication. But it's almost like if it's involved, you know, potentially involved with the adverse effects of the vaccines and myocarditis, mm-hmm. that you're going to hear or you're going to see a lot of mystery. And that's the same thing. You know, I believe with Jamie Foxx, same thing with Bronny James, you know, that just happened, Le- LeBron James. LeBron James' son. son. You know, yeah. you're not going to hear them go into it mm-hmm. because to do so would violate the things that they have so, you know, vehemently and enthusiastically promoted mm-hmm. and then shamed people that, you know, weren't willing to take part in that. And yeah. so I think that fuels a lot of the mystery around it. Well, I think it does because it doesn't really give insight. And, and like everything is so focused on context. We look at the context of the situation being a clone. We look at the fact that people don't really feel 100% confident, confident with the information that's been relayed about the vaccine. You know, what are the side effects? You know, 
people are acting like there's no side effects and that's just not the case. And I think that probably plays to these narratives of being like, it's a clone, something happened. They had to reclone them to control them. And that's a whole thing in itself. Yeah. I mean, we just saw a couple of days ago that uh, there were new files that came out that showed that the Biden administration was working with Facebook to censor posts that were about adverse vaccine effects. Mm-hmm. And also they censored posts about the origin of COVID. So we know that that happens and it's happening. And so it only further fuels people's skepticism and distrust for what we're being told. Mm-hmm. And, but on the other side of that, though, and this is what I've really learned since a lot of this, because I'll, I'll be watching these clips or watching these news stories happen, and I'll sort of be thinking through, okay, how, how can we tell this story? But then you'll see someone put it out there, and they will go just run with this narrative. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was watching it when it happened. Like they basically take a small clip of it and they exploit it. Mm -hmm. And so, and then cherry pick it. Yeah, exactly. The same with the DeMar Hamlin situation in the Super Bowl. People were like, no, he looks different. And the fact is you had completely different lighting on where he was being viewed from Mm -hmm. versus pictures that they were looking at. You also had a guy who had been in the hospital for some time and he was, you know, his skin was a little more pale than it was previously. So you had a lot of things that you can explain, but people jump on it so quickly and create these conspiracies. And so there's plenty of times where I'm like, yeah, question all the things you're being told, but don't run at 90 miles per hour with an idea before you've really had a chance to think through all the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta approach things sometimes with a grain of salt. But with that being said, you know, you've kind of been in this whole process now with TikTok where you've been banned quite a few times for saying things or being in a situation. How many times do you think you've been banned from on your live? So sometimes you'll go you'll go live, you'll do a show and then sometimes within it, like you'll say something that triggers something and in a result of it, you end up getting banned or in TikTok jail. Yeah. And so what basically what happened is I created enough of the on-demand content to get over a thousand followers, then started going live. And so when you're live, your followers are notified that you're going live, but the real value in going live is reaching an audience in the discovery aspect of it. And that is in the for you feed or what some people call the FYP. And so, you know, you're seeing it on Twitter, AKA X now, but, uh, but uh, TikTok is where it, it, I think it came from. And that is you have a feed of the people you're following and then you have a for you feed, which are the suggestions based on the videos you've watched and your behavior. Mm-hmm. And so if you're scrolling through the for you, and by the way, when you're looking at lives, you know you can look at just people that are live right now, which is completely fascinating because you can pe- see people on the other side of the world, you know, making you know, the baskets, the, the stuff that goes in shipping, you know, when you get a uh, package from Amazon, the stuff that's full of air, yeah. those little things like they're making them on camera. Like it's just completely wild. The things that you see, and of course, there's plenty of, you know, uh, provocative content as well. Plenty of it, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of like this voyeuristic thing of scrolling through this feed of where you're just seeing all these different people that are live right at this moment, all over the world. And so it does suck you in, especially initially. Um, and so that for you feed can bring a lot of people into your live broadcast that have never heard of you. And then they follow you and then they, you know, sort of rejoin when you go live again. And so started building an audience there 
I'm up to about 23,000 followers at the moment that was built primarily through lives. And mm-hmm. I could go live when a, an event was happening and come away with 1,000 new followers or 300 new followers, which on other platforms, it takes months and months and months to... Sometimes even years. Yeah, to, to accrue those kind of numbers unless you have a viral moment or something like that. And so I first the first time I got banned was when I was talking about a story about the guy that actually let um, Jeffrey Epstein into the White House multiple times who worked on the Clinton... Uh, the gentleman from Arkansas. I've from actually Arkansas. done a podcast on him. Yeah. So you talked about him and they just... But you, I was watching yeah. actually randomly because I was in LA. And when I watched it, you never said anything that I was like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So basically what they do is, it, you know, you're doing... You're, you're talking to your iPad or your phone or whatever. And all of a sudden you just get kicked off. And, and then what they typically do is say, you can't go live for a week. So you're banned for a week. And if you get three of those in a certain amount of time, um, your account's in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And so I'd never seen anything like that, but basically it was like misinformation is what they categorized it. But like nothing you said was not true. I was reading a news story. Yeah. And I, we did deviate. I, you know, as I thought about it later on, I'm like, well, you know, you could say there was opinionated, points of view in there about the Clintons. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've discovered a lot of, you know, gray area where I've talked about things that are factual news, but they're not necessarily indexed into whatever this AI is using. And so when you get banned, a lot of times the AI inside of TikTok says, okay, something you're doing violates the community standards. And that could be you're bullying somebody or misinformation or, you know, whatever. They have mm-hmm. a litany of them, and they're all very gray as, as far as the way uh, they're written. And then you have the ability to appeal it. And basically, you go into the violation, you hit appeal, and then typically a person would go in and review that. Mm-hmm. And they only get a sliver. And I don't know if it's five seconds before that or 10 seconds or what, but if there's anything... You know, in just that amount of time that they can go, oh, yeah, well, without context, and they go, they either reverse your appeal or they uphold it. Mm-hmm. And I've been banned, I think, three different times. One time was for the Clinton thing. The second time was when I had a listener or viewer ask me about QAnon. And I was talking the 17th, letter. the 17th letter. And I just said, you know, I, I actually was talking about how I didn't find QAnon to be a helpful thing at all. And then I was banned, and they and then I appealed, and they upheld it. And then uh, the most recent time, I was getting banned multiple times. Which and, what number? And kept appealing. You, I think I've probably been banned six times, maybe, good. but only three times was it upheld. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe more like eight times I've been banned, but three times have been upheld. The final time, most recent time, was I was talking about a study of adverse effects from the vaccine. I was reading a news article. And uh, they basically said I wasn't representing the entire article. And so what happens on TikTok is at some point, sometimes pretty complex, though, that they would go in and look at the article and say, you're not representing this article. Well, yeah. So so that's crazy. When I got to a certain point, as far as followers go, a an agency reached out to me on TikTok. And basically, these are these are organizations that help you with going live, mm-hmm. help you navigate it. So tick, they're, they're not 
part of TikTok. They're contracted out. They're contracted out. They're third party. But TikTok pays them Mm -hmm. to deal with creators. Trying to be like that middleman. Yeah. And so, you know. Or middle woman. Or middle woman. And so they they aren't necessarily, you know, they're not TikTok affiliated, but they have to play nice. And so they're trying to help you navigate the nuances. And so one of the advantages of having an agency, and by the way, I don't make any money from them. They say they don't make any money from me. They make their money from TikTok. But one of the advantages they present to you is that they can help you with appeals. Mm -hmm. That even if you get rejected on an appeal, they have a person, they have a personal contact at TikTok, and they can then plead the case again. And so what I found is that, you know, out of the three times, maybe, well, maybe, maybe five or six times, they, they got me out of, you know, all but eh, they they probably got me out of eighty percent of the bands. That's a pretty good agency, though. Yeah. In all reality, I mean, that's a pretty good um, thing to have on your side because who knows what would happen if they if they weren't there. Yeah, and so they presented this particular story with links. They wanted the links to the story and things like that, and they presented that to them in an email or whatever, and they came back and rejected it. And so I had a conversation with the agency, and he. You know, one of the guys was, was it the agency, the agency. And he was basically like, you know, if you would have gone into the fact at the end that it's mostly safe for people, but there are these adverse events. And I was just like, well, that I, that, I don't believe that, uh-huh. you know. And so there's a little bit of, you know, there's this whole idea that, you know, you can't really talk about vaccines or the adverse effects from them. But the the overall point is, I believe, is TikTok bans you at the drop of a hat. And if you don't appeal it, I mean, you've got to appeal it every time. And you lose out on seven days. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've made, uh, you know, decent amount of income on TikTok, but when that happens, it kills your momentum. You know, when you're going live consistently, that helps build. And so it, it really does take money out of your pocket. Um, and, and but it's arbitrary. You know, they don't, they ban based on what they think is truth rather than what is truth yeah, and you're what's kind backed of, up. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with a corporate. You don't know what they're, you know what's generating it. That's probably a trickle-down effect from leadership and CEO because TikTok is facing so many allegations where they could potentially be kicked out of the United States. I know they've been talking about putting them in the Oracle server system in Austin. Yeah. But you have the situation where Montana banned them. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not like a full ban. It's really just kind of, in my opinion high scale virtue signaling, but yeah. you know, it's kind of like you're kind of, it's a you're kind of stuck in a situation where you have to tote the line of content that you think you kind of believe in, but it appeals to a TikTok standard because it's affecting your bottom line. Well, and the interesting thing about TikTok is there's plenty of people that are in, that are on that platform that are really seeking out news and information. I have people every week that say, I didn't know you existed. I hadn't even heard these stories. Thank you for covering them. So there are people hungry out there for real information that's happening. Uh, it's not just people trying to, you know, watch booty dancing the whole time. Um, and so there really is, and there's a, you know, from my standpoint, a conservative audience on there as well that's looking to um, consume content. But TikTok is completely uh, adversarial to uh, constitutional conservative type of content, especially if it's news or information, 
you know, that hasn't been out there for weeks, you know, for breaking news and things like that. And so I've really given my agency a run for their money because they've never really dealt with a creator quite like me. Mm-hmm. They're not used to operating, you know, within the spaces that I'm in for these bands and things like that. Yeah. You, you, usually it's for someone, you know, cussing a bunch. Well, you, you, I guess you can technically cuss on there, but it's like, you know, if somebody's being mean to somebody or something like that, it's a lot of superficial stuff. Yeah, I mean, now, you know, the, and to put things in con- context, once again, it's like, you think about, like, you turn on TikTok now and people are acting like fake NPCs or fake uh, video game characters. Yeah. And it's like, it's getting so intense now because that one content creator made $30,000 in one hour. Yeah. Like, he just did it randomly. And now everyone's doing it where it's like, mm, thank you for the glizzy. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is good. It's like, oh, this is good. And then you see people just like repeating that. And that's the content TikTok wants. They don't want this high um, questionable analytical thinking. Like, let, let's look at this topic from this standpoint. Yeah. Let's hear a conservative. Let's hear a liberal. Let's see this information so people can determine what they want. They're like, let's, let's, let's push people acting like AI bots yeah. because it's so simple and, it, and there's no controversy behind it, and it's easier for them, and they don't want to really be. It seems like there's no social media platform that really wants to tote that line of like, hey, we're going to hold the line for this information. You know, you look at all of them, and they really want to create like a, a very conditional state where it's it's a lot of superficial information. Yeah, it's, you know, very contemporary of what's happening at the moment. And, I mean, Rumble definitely uh, allows pretty much anything you, you want to put on there. Besides Rumble, yeah. Yeah, but they, you know, but they don't have the reach and they certainly don't have the algorithm. And their platform's a little bit, um, like, blocky. Yeah, it's clunky. It's very clunky. And I've done lives on there many times and people complain, you know, I can say whatever I want. Now, with YouTube, I've been able to go live and say what I want. For the most part, I've only had recorded videos banned on there. And they mm-hmm. say, you know, you need to have a medical professional. Even though I had a doctor on talking, they still ban the video. So you've been banned on, like, if you get banned oh, yeah. on Rumble, then it'd be like, bro, I don't know what you're doing. No, but no, I, I'd have to so moving murder forward, somebody. Moving on. forward, like, what do you think the approach is? Are you going to, how are you going to deal with the bans as it relates to TikTok? Are you still going to push that content? Or are you just trying to find that median then push people into other platforms? Like, what do you think you're going to do? Yeah, and so that's one of the strategies I've kind of worked with with my agency is, you know, you're, you're using TikTok as the largest top of the funnel, and you're, you're, you're pushing them into um, your audience sphere, uh, you know, further down the line on other platforms where you really can uh, be more honest. And so the, the problem with TikTok is it's creating a generation of creators that are growing accustomed and used to their speech being silenced. Mm-hmm. And they're growing comfortable with it because that's what they have to do to make money. Yeah. And so my concern uh, about the just the whole culture of what TikTok is creating is it's creating people that are okay with free speech being censored as long as they're able to make some money. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I'm just fundamentally opposed to that. And so I have a real problem building my shop, basically, uh, on TikTok long-term because it is so fickle and you can't trust it and you're just subject to their whims. And so, right, Do you think you'll do the uh, AI approach where you're like, thanks for the glizzy? 
I don't know. I don't know what that is. You haven't seen the, oh my. No. Like, it'll pop up on my For You Now. Like, I'll look at it sometimes, and I'm like, why is this all the lives? And it's like, it's so crazy. You even have people acting like um, they're buffering when they're walking. I mean, I don't know. That's probably a fad. I mean, the thing is, you can make a lot of money on TikTok by doing these battles, you know, where you're just going one-on-one. That's how most people make money. That's really not my content shtick, if you will. And so I don't, I don't really engage in that a whole lot just for fun here and there. But I, I recently, I, I know a guy who TikTok owed $30,000 to, and they banned his account permanently. He's a, uh, a, you know, basically a trainer, workout guy. And he got banned because he said he made a joke. I'm going to have him on my podcast soon. But he made hey, a, What is your podcast? It is the Ike Wingate Show, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. But basically, he made a joke about himself, he said, that wasn't even true, and that got him violated. So I don't know if it was, you know, pushing or skirting, you know, I don't know, who knows, whatever it might be. But he was owed $30,000 in back pay uh, by TikTok at that time. And so when you're creating... seems like such a crazy problem to have. Well, you're creating these videos, whether they're on-demand videos or lives, and you accumulate a balance. And TikTok will only let you take $1,000 a day. And so if you're not diligent to be, you know, continuing to make withdrawals, you know, daily, uh, you can end up accruing um, a, a large, you know, larger amount of money. And so he hadn't obviously withdrawn. I think mine's at eleven dollars. Eleven dollars. Well, hey, you know, keep, you know, got to start somewhere. And so, um, and so he was owed thirty thousand dollars, and you know, he'd built this whole thing on TikTok. And so it's not just happening to, you know, conservative or critical thinking kind of people. Uh, it's happening to other people as well. And what does that do? That conditions you to really police your speech in the future if you want to make money. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I believe, no one's saying this, but I am, it's normalizing the idea of being okay with speech being censored. Authoritarianism. Yeah, in the name of money. Yeah. They're buying your freedom of speech. Essentially, they're, yes. They're buying you to comply to what TikTok thinks is the standard. Yes. TikTok is creating the standard. Yeah, and so my strategy would be to use TikTok as a way to bring new people in the top of the funnel, and then when I get into the content that's more controversial or things that you know aren't narratives that are the mainstream media is peddling, then I say, okay, now join us for the rest of the show over on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, and even those platforms, their AI just isn't as good at policing yet. And that's why I think you can get away with more on there when you're going live. That's terrifying. Well, I thank you for sharing that information. I think, you know, that's really, I you know, I haven't thought about it like that, how TikTok is actually conditioning people. I think that's a really interesting point and something to be mindful of. As, as we, we deal with TikTok, more algorithms like this within the future. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's just the beginning, and it's, I think it's normalizing your speech or your rights or your opinions or whatever it is being censored. It's making it normal. That's crazy. Well, we don't have to worry about that on the podcast. We can say whatever <laughs> we want. <laughs> Which is, honestly, it is a, a refreshing when you're a content creator and you're in a space where you know that you don't have to worry about that. And the place that you have to worry about at the least is in audio podcasts. And it's that's- crazy. It's like I've not once had any situation. Sometimes the COVID banner will pop up, but I've, I've never been, you know, it's it's like really crazy to think that 
you could be monitored like that, and then once you're monetized, be taken away for an opinion you have that doesn't fit with the norm. Yeah, the monetization part of it, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, as I think about it, I'm like, maybe this is by design, but obviously these platforms are making money. But if you go back to the Ben Shapiro daily caller deal with, um, you know, what's his face old, um, you know, the other content creator who was with the blaze, the Canadian guy. I can't remember him. Yeah. Um, which that whole, yeah, but that's, I've got a, uh, Steven Crowder. Yeah, Steven Crowder. So if you think about that situation, you know, that all broke down because they wanted, you know, they were basically like, we're not going to pay you full price when you get demonetized because we're not making money, which I completely understand. I'm not on Steven Crowder's side at all. But basically, you know, you have these entities that are sort of are building themselves on, you know, exposing things and free and, and advocates for free speech. But be, the business model dictates that dictates that they have to be, you know, censored and what mm-hmm. they're putting out there. And, and, you know, so that particular issue is what broke down those negotiations. Yeah. You know, I think it's probably something that it's going to be interesting what happens in the future. You know, for example, we look at what happens with InfoWars and um, Alex Jones, Alex Jones, and how he was kicked off of everything because obviously he said some outlandish things. Yeah. But he had to be kind of subjugated to create his own website, and they couldn't ban him off that. Yeah. But it's like, is that is that where extreme thoughts? Is, you know, it's just interesting to see what's happened with the future. Took me a while to get that one out, but thank you so much for sharing that information. I I found it to be really interesting and helpful. Um, any closing remarks? Well, just sometimes I think about Alex Jones and go, well, he wasn't really, he was right about a lot of things, you know? Yeah, but where he was wrong, he was very, yes. very Sandy you, Hook, he was crazy. Sandy Hook, you could not be more wrong. In off, like, when you hear that, you're like, bro, like, you took that way too far. Yeah, yeah, well, it drove him into bankruptcy. But, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you about it. Uh, it's all your fault because you got me into TikTok. But uh, it's been fascinating uh, learning the nuances of it. And I find that when I'm talking about just my experience of what's happened, a lot of people are rather surprised because they don't, especially, you know, people that are over 35, they typically aren't experiencing or delving into these areas. And so they're fascinated that this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was surprised when I started talking about it and they said, really, you know what, you know? And so um, I think more people just need to understand you know, how it all works and what they're doing. And obviously I'm still using the platform and I'm not, you know, worried about China spying on me. There's a lot of, you know, lies in the narrative out there with Congress and things like that uh, as far as what's really going on. But I think you use it to your advantage and move them off into a place where you can really be honest, truthful, and expose Mm -hmm. the lies. Greener pastors. Well, alrighty. Well, thank you so much. I guess we're about to go live. All right, guys, thank you, and we'll get, uh, we'll get back to you tomorrow.